Ah, yes, the magnificent Trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And joined, as always, by everybody's favorite Tennessee homer, Cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Sober Shane today, Mike. I got me a Diet Mountain Dew here. We got softball after this, so apparently they frown on drunk people at those games, which honestly makes them a little bit more entertaining, in my opinion, but whatever. But no, brother, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, doing great, Shane. You know, we had so much fun on the last episode doing our first fall camp preview, Arkansas. Now we're going to get to their heated rival, not a rival, the Missouri Tigers, (laughs) because Cousin Shane is on that bandwagon. So I figured this would be the perfect team to go. And we love going west, east, probably going to do that the entire time, just jump back and forth. So are yeah. you ready, brother, to talk some Missouri Tigers football? Mike, I've been ready for this for about a month now, and it just keeps <laughs> getting better. I've been – I, you know, we – again, for those that maybe didn't catch yesterday's show, this is uh, – we're, we're fanatics, you know. We're going all in on Mizzou today. So we got our Mizzou color glasses. We're huge fans of the Tigers here, and we're thinking of best-case scenario here. But we're also going to break down the team. Mike has done a ton of work here. For you all so i hope you guys really appreciate it and uh i'm looking forward to it so yes this is this is one that i've been waiting on for quite some time and uh i'm ready to rip into it mike all right so real quick let's hit on last season shane went six and seven mm-hmm. lost in the bowl game to wake forest and you know last season kind of the defense was a train wreck two years ago the, mm-hmm. the biggest storyline i think for the tigers was how quickly the defense turned around first year under Blake Baker. He got an extension. Blake, uh, Drinkowitz got an extension. But uh, really, Shane, I mean, it was just, you know, we are very high on Eli. We we like him. Mm-hmm. Some people hate him. Uh, I like the fact that he talks his mind and he'll, he'll say wild things. I mean, that makes it entertaining for me. But right. I think the thing that you could really hold against him even if you're a diehard Mizzou fan, we brought this guy in. He's an offensive-minded guy, quarterback coach, and here we are, Shane, going into his fourth season with the program, and I don't think we've ever settled on a quarterback, and I don't think we've gotten Mm -hmm. the most out of our quarterbacks. Now, for the first time in his head coaching career, we'll get to his coordinator here, but he's hired an offensive coordinator, so maybe he's seeing that change is much needed. And if he nails the offensive coordinator hire like he nailed the defensive coordinator hire, Shane, mm-hmm. this Missouri team has got a ton of potential. Oh, yeah, Mike. And and I think that's the key with Mizzou is you, you're similar to Arkansas, man. You, you had four games that were within a score last year, and we're, we're singing a different song coming into the season if they win a different way. So Mizzou mm-hmm. was a little bit, for me, frustrating out of the gate because there was moments like it felt like we like that South Carolina game, man. It felt like, oh, shit, they're back, you know, and then they yep. drop off. And then it's, it's just got a little bit of a roller coaster, but it felt like we were getting a little bit more consistency toward the tail end of this season. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm so excited about going into this season. Right. 
So let's break it down, Shane. First, we do the coaches, and let's uh, highlight Coach Eli Drinkwitz, of course, Shane, and his head coaching career. He's 29 mm-hmm. and 20 overall. He is does have a losing record, though, at Mizzou, Shane, 17 and 19 overall, 11 and 15 as an SEC coach in conference play. He's 3-0 and against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Gamecock fans don't like to hear it. Well, he's technically 4-0, but he's 3-0 and as Missouri's coach. Vanderbilt, he's 3-1 and against. LSU, how about that, Shane? 1-0 and against mm-hmm. them Tigers. He's 2-1 and against Arkansas. Now, everyone else, he's got a losing record against, Shane. 1-2 and against Florida. 1-2 and versus Kentucky. 0-1 against Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Alabama, Auburn. And then 0-3 against Tennessee and 0-3 against Georgia. So that's where things stand with him as a a head coach there at Mizzou. He's yet to beat a top-10 team. He's 0-6, came so close last season against Georgia. He's 2-9 against top 25. His home record, 25-9, away record, 9-12. So significantly better at home. But I thought this was – the most interesting stat, Shane, and this is held true, when Missouri's winning at halftime, mm-hmm. Eli's record, 25-2 and two when they're up at halftime. I mean, incredible. So, yeah. basically, you just got to be up by halftime, you go win the game. <laughs> but listen, Shane, when they're losing at halftime, 2-15. and 15. So, Oh, wow. I mean, it really is a tale of, uh, you know, coming out strong and, and there's just – I don't know if you want to say they're not making the second half adjustments. I don't. I don't know yeah. what you want to credit that to, but yeah. I just never seen it so flipped to where if you're winning at halftime, we're gonna win this game. We're losing at halftime, and and two of those happened last year, Shane. They were beating Georgia at halftime, so that right. that's one of the two that they lost while up at halftime. And then Ark, I already got Arkansas fans mad at me, Shane, because one of his two wins when losing at halftime was last year. Against Arkansas, so of course <laughs> they come the very rare time they come back. But uh, I just thought that was pretty interesting. Eli, not good at halftime adjustments. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but again, maybe something he improves in. You know, sometimes when you bring some of that fresh blood with you, as far as coordinators, that's the spark you need, brother. Especially if it's that side of the ball that's been struggling. Right, and I, I just think. You know, maybe we make too much of halftime adjustments or whatever you want to call it, but I think if you look at those stats, you if you're a smart coach, you say, all right, whatever we're doing, let's let's mix it up because it's clearly yeah. is not working. But uh, speaking of not working, Shay, two coaches off the staff, offensive line coach Marcus Johnson left after spring, and mm-hmm. quarterbacks coach Butch Hard, Harden left to become Boise's offensive coordinator, which that leads us to our – New hires, Shane, and already referenced this guy, Kirby Moore, new offensive coordinator from Fresno State. He's also going to be the quarterback's coach. Fresno State, Shane, they won the Mountain West last year. They were number two in the entire country in completion percentage. So that's your coordinator you're getting. Uh, They led the conference in scoring, and his quarterback, Jake Hayner, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. So not a guy that's got a very long track record, you know, coaching up quarterbacks, mm-hmm. calling plays in college football. But in the brief time he's done it, he's knocked it out of the park. And if he can continue that at Missouri, man, we could have a major, major upgrade. I mean, it just just imagine if Missouri quarterback Shane lead the SEC in completion percentage. We're we're gonna have us one hell of a team this year. Absolutely, man, and. I'm sorry, I got I got sidetracked because every time I think of Fresno State, I think of that coach that was out there with the yeah. handlebar mustache. Do you remember who that was? Is he still there? No, that was Pat Hill. Yeah, <laughs> that was okay. twenty years ago. There, Shane. 20, okay, that <laughs> shows how much I know about Fresno State, man. <laughs> How's he doing? How's his kids doing? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mike, here here's the deal. Here, again, coordinators. Sometimes it's just a new outlook it's a new aspect to 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 football and I I think one of the quarterback rooms that nobody's really talking about right now is Mizzou and Mm -hmm. they've got some talent there I truly think 
I, th- I think Cook needs a little more TLC, but if, if he comes out, who knows? Maybe he's the guy. Then you got Sam just waiting there in the wings. It's like they've got some dudes. They just got to get them to develop and, and bring that onto the field. So maybe this is our quarterback whisperer we, we've been waiting on. Right, and it's not so much even just new, Shane. In my mind, a lot of these guys, you know, they've reached the, the highest of highs at college football, right? If you're an SEC yeah. head coach – Clearly, what you're doing is right. You know mm-hmm. what you're doing, but a lot of these guys they never they never break from that. They just say, "Well, I'm a you know I can get it done. We're gonna, we, you know, the execution. We've heard yeah. we hear that from some coaches. We're just not executing. Well, instead of Drake sitting back and saying, "I've never had an offensive coordinator. I know what I'm doing. I've coached quarterbacks for 20 years. I'm a genius," he says, "You know what? What I'm doing, my system, my coaching, my play calling." Is not getting it done. So yeah. I just got an extension. He could have said, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. They just gave me an extension. I'm a genius. Right. You know? But instead of that, he's bringing in someone for the first time to to kind of provide that spark, provide that juice to the offense. And, again, if he nails this coordinator hire, yeah. Mizzou's going to – they're going to be one hell of a, a team here. We just need to get spark that offense. Hey, at least it ain't Dooley, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you how that's going to end. <laughs> and the only other new coach, Shay, we got an offensive line coach, Brandon Jones from Houston. Yeah. Now he was a co-offensive coordinator, run game coordinator down there at Houston for four years, successful guy. But uh, now we're bringing him to Missouri, and he's already brought a lineman with him. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, let, let's run down the returning production, Shane, for Missouri. 77% overall on the offensive side of the ball. That's the fourth most in yes. the entire SEC. Returning 98.4% of the passing yards from last year. So virtually all of it. 95.1% of the rushing yards returning yeah. from last season. While 44% receiving yards and 81% of the offensive line snaps are back. For the Missouri Tigers. So this is not even our strong side of the ball, yet we're returning almost everybody uh, short of a couple receivers. But that's got to give you confidence, too, that the continuity can kind of play into an improved offense this year in, in uh, Columbia. Yeah, and again, another reason why I want Cook to work so well is just because he's been working better with these guys so you you keep doing that especially up front with that offensive line I think that's pivotal with protection mm-hmm. and with this running game that I hope they get going this year but uh yeah no this is not even like you said this isn't even the strongest part of the return but I'm pretty pumped up that I know that out of all the SEC teams we're fourth in returning talent here so uh <laughs> short of love it which we'll get to yeah so what we've been waiting for to talk about, Shay, the defense returning yeah. 80% of the production. That's number one in the SEC. That's top 10 in the country. Mm-hmm. And, again, this was a great side of the ball last season. So that's why there's so much optimism with the Tigers on this show because all these pieces, they're returning on the defensive side of the ball. They improved, Shane, by 8.7 points per game last fall. Now, again, we're bringing all these guys back. If that continues to trend that direction, we're talking lockdown defense, returning 76% of the tackles, 55% of the sacks, and 96% of the passes defended from last year. So lockdown secondary here. Ooh, boy, man, people, people got to be on alert for this defense this fall. You know what? They they better be, Mike. I'm telling you, because there's going to be some games that are going to pop up. We're going to say, who the hell are we playing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What yeah. we've been doing is not working against this team. Why is that? Because this is a legit defense, brother. One of the top in the SEC. Yep. All right, so let's get to the transfers, Shane. Starting with the transfers out. Two of these guys hurt. One in particular, of course, Dominic Lovett. He was, uh, yeah. I believe, second or third in the entire SEC in receiving yards, and that was with a banged-up quarterback. He's off to Georgia. The fact that he's staying in the division, going to the defend two-time defending champs, yeah. kind of makes that sting even worse. But it is what it is. Trajan Jeffcoat, 
the defensive lineman to Arkansas. I think that's pretty big. And then the other two, Elijah Young running back to Western Kentucky, Toshki Dove, the receiver to Memphis. They had a bunch of other transfers out, but they are at, went to all lower-level schools. So, mm-hmm. overall, not a huge loss, I think, aside from Lovett and maybe Jeffcoat. But this is where Mizzou We were making room, Mike. Shade. We were making room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> making room for the – we got a ton of transfers incoming, Shane. Starts for me. I don't know if this guy's going to have a huge impact or not, Shane, but we have to put him up there because he's a quarterback – Jake Garcia from Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a top 25 recruit in the entire country. He played a little bit at Miami, was kind of mixed, but they've been a train wreck down there uh, on offense. This this was the guy that uh, – I don't remember – I don't know if you remember this, Shane, but uh, he's from California, and this was during COVID, you know, where they like – they had no high school football. Yeah. So he picked up and moved to Georgia, mm-hmm. and ESPN wrote a story on it, and apparently they – Broke the rules with him moving, and they made him ineligible at Georgia. So there was a lot of backstory with this Jake Garcia. So he's been going through a ton of transition. If we can get him in an offensive system surrounded by experienced talent, which he'll have here at Missouri, yeah. if he fits with what they're trying to do, Jake Garcia, again, he may not even be the starter. He may not play at all this year, but I think he is the ultimate boom or bust type for this year. I mean, this is a guy hardly anyone's talking about. If he maximizes his potential, again, a top 25 overall prospect in the entire country. Yeah. If if they get something from him, maybe he's the, you know, the spark that this offense needs. <laughs> I mean, it just it's just going to take a couple, you know. That's 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 when you look at these transfers, all teams, you're just looking for one or two. You're you're going to see Five go out, eight go out, eight yep. come in, seven come in. And what, you know, like we'll get to love it here in a minute. What may not be working at one university, he's going to explode at a different or vice versa. Love it may just get lost. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I think he's a super talented kid. Probably nobody wants to talk to him on this podcast. But right. I, I'm you just saying. Him up, though. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> I probably should use a different one. We may want to edit that part out, Mike. But, but I'm just saying sometimes – some of these kids just need a second chance and and when given that opportunity um they just they just shine you know so yeah i i'm i'm somebody's gonna pop on this team so right well i'll tell you who i think it will be shane that's receiver theo weiss transfer from oklahoma former five star he had 63 catches over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns at oklahoma right he averaged over 19 yards per catch last fall for the Sooners. So he is one that could step in right away, make a big impact with the Tigers. I referenced the offensive line coach from Houston. He brought – well, he didn't bring him, but you know how this works. He gets hired, then a week later, his star lineman jumps in the portal. Well, now he's at Mizzou, Cameron Johnson. He was uh, started at left guard all season for Houston, played all 13 games, allowed just one sack. So this is a very quality lineman they're getting here. Another receiver transfer, Shane Dennis Jackson from Ole Miss, another guy. He averaged over 19 yards per catch. He didn't play last year, but in 2021, his last time uh, on the field for the Rebels. So another big play receiver. Offensive lineman Marcellus Johnson from Eastern Michigan, a three-year starter at left tackle, played in 32 games. How about some talent on this backfield, Shane? Trevez Johnson from Florida, he played in – 29 games for the Gators, 64 tackles, seven tackles for loss, three interceptions. Sidney Williams from Florida State, he is the cousin of our standout corner, Chris Abrams Drain. So, little family back here in the defensive backfield. I like that. He had 65 tackles and an interception during his time at Florida State. And we love his Aussie punter saying they landed one, <laughs> Riley Williams from Towson. He was fourth in the FCS with 44 yards per punt last season. Added defensive lineman Joe Moore from Arizona State, who had 24 tackles, three and a half sacks, six tackles for loss. So everybody I just mentioned, Shane, I think they make an impact for the Tigers this fall. Man, Aussie punters. You just can't have enough of those guys. What is he, like 45? <laughs> 
Works at Waffle House at night, you know, tattooed from top to bottom. <laughs> Drops his kids off, then comes over and does some 50-yard punts. I love it, man. Sign me up. <laughs> now, as for recruiting, Shade, it kind of dropped off. We had a great recruiting class two years ago. This year, yeah. the 30, number 33 overall in the country, 13th. In the, usually, Shane, a top 35 class, that's a reason for celebration. But in the SEC, you're 13th out of 14th, obviously not great. But they did sign a couple four-stars here, Shane. Tight end, the number 12 tight end in the country, Brett Norfleet, who I, it sounds like he may even start as a true freshman. Oh, wow. The number 30 safety, Marvin Burks. Mm-hmm. The number 37 receiver, Joshua Manning. The number 24 quarterback, Jabari Johnson. Hear great things about Johnson. And number 30, offensive tackle, Logan Reichert. So those are our four-star signees from Missouri's class. Okay, yeah. I I think that's a one-off here, Mike. I I think this is keyed up to be a a, a fantastic season and build some momentum. And I love the things they're doing up in Mizzou recruiting-wise with the NIL, with the the high school kids in that state. And and then, hell, even moving – what was it, that – is it Memphis they're playing in St. Louis or something like yep. that? You know, so again, yep. you're just getting more state exposure and more cities. Um, I love I love what they're doing there. So don't worry, the recruiting will come. We just got to get some victories here. Yeah, I think that's the key. Now let's break this down, Shane, position group by position group. And this was difficult, I thought, on the offensive side of the ball because you could go many different ways with it. But I am actually going, Shane, Strongest position group on the offensive side of the football. I'm going quarterbacks between Brady Cook, Sam Horn, Jake Garcia, we just mentioned, the Miami transfer, and true freshman Jabari Johnson. I mean, we are just living in a timeshade where three quarterbacks is a luxury. It looks to me like we got four at Missouri. So, again, a lot of – unprovenness I guess is the right word but uh you know these guys have not all lived up to the billing but again we just need one of them and and I'd rather have four you know your odds of someone breaking out among four is significantly higher if you only got one or two yeah I'm with you here Mike and and just because of you know they have options now Mm -hmm. if Cook doesn't work they've got options so that's that's I expect a shorter leash on him excuse me this season Jeez, man. Shouldn't have had them jelly beans. <laughs> I try to get a little amped up. That's one sweet they should just get rid of, Mike. That was the the worst candy I ever had. I was like, I need some sugar just to get going for this show. And uh terrible, terrible idea. Um how are they in business? Who's buying jelly beans? Why do I have jelly beans in my house? I have no idea. I don't know how old they are, but all right, sorry. I got a little tangent there. But Mike I'm with you here. Quarterbacks, this is the room. This is and, – and what I love most about this, Mike, it's going to make that room better. That competition mm-hmm. is going to drive that room to make them one of the best parts of this program. Trying to get my little marking schedule. Down jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> jelly beans. Cut that out. Well, they're not going to sponsor this show. How are they even able to pay for sponsors? You know? <laughs> All right, so again, this was difficult for me, Shane, but the second position group, I'm going receivers. And this is – we've lost three of our top five from last year, so it's difficult to put them this high, but this is more me being all over Luther Burden and thinking he can explode. And the transfers I mentioned, Theo Weiss, Dennis Jackson. We also bring back Mookie Cooper, who was a touted recruit. Chance Looper has been productive. Makai Miller was an, another top recruit. So we've got guys, and we also got two from the junior college ranks, Shane. You'll love this name. Peanut Houston. Nothing oh wrong with that. Gosh. And Makai Manning, another Juco receiver. Tell me, so, tell me Peanut's like 5'8". Is he 5'8", <laughs> shifty? Come on. He's got to be. I don't have the scouting report on Peanut, but, yeah, I, I believe okay. you're, you're probably accurate I'll get there. tagged tomorrow. Did you see all the Arkansas? Everybody's shooting the measurements of those boys. <laughs> so, I, I want to know how tall Peanut is because – and he needs some action. So, oh, my all gosh, right, you got Luther with the chips. You got mm-hmm. Peanut. I mean, if he really takes off, 
they may have some snacks going up there, you know, a snack brand you. And we got uh, Makai Miller. I mentioned Shane throwing Eminem. I mean, we got all oh, the brands covered right come here. On now, I love it. And Mookie Cooper, just call it. Maybe he can do something with some kind of cookie company or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we got all the snacks go. covered. Sounds like a dad joke waiting to happen. <laughs> all right, next position group for me, Shane, offensive line. Now, remember, yeah. we're returning. What was it? Eighty-one percent of the snaps. So right. A ton returning, but this was a huge issue last year was the offensive line. They were they were not up to SEC standard. But I'll tell you who is, Shane. That's the left tackle, Javon Foster. He's great. We also bring back the left guard, uh, Xavier Delgado, center Connor Tolleson, and right tackle Armand Membo. And we're bringing in the transfer Cameron Johnson from Houston to reconnect with his offensive line coach. Also got uh, EJ and and Doma yeah. Ogar. Yeah. I'm sure I butchered that. Drake Heismeyer, Luke Griffin. So we have got some pieces here, but I I don't know if they play like they did last year. It's going to be a real issue. But uh, I don't know. It's pretty rare to have a unit this low returning everybody. But I think their production kind of warrants that low ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know. Are you fact? Do you factor transfers when you're when you're doing this part of the show? I always, yeah. I'm curious. You know, because they are bringing some pieces in, and I think are, are going to bolster that side of the uh, that side of the ball. So um, right. that that's why I'm kind of got them a little bit higher, just because I think uh, similar to what we're going to discuss on the defense side. I just think they got a little more competitive depth now, and sometimes that's what you need with with some of these linemen. You don't you don't need somebody to be in there you know, 90% of the snaps, you may need somebody in there 20% of the snaps, and but just mm-hmm. not lose production when they're out there. So I kind of right. like that side. So yeah, this is good. Now the running back, Shane, this is kind of weird too, where this is the first time in the drink era that we are returning our leading rusher from the yeah. previous season. And that's Cody Schrader. Of course, we still got him. We still got Nathaniel Pete and then Michael Cox, He's coming back, but he only had 34 yards last year. Mm-hmm. The running backs are down the list for me, Shane, because there's just – Cody Schrader was, was all right. I mean, he was not bad by any stretch, but just not a – there's no game breaker here. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned about uh, – you know, I'm just used to a drink offense. They, they've got these standout running backs. It runs through the running backs. Right. And we didn't have that last year. And, and maybe that was part of the reason the offense struggled so much. Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you sometimes you get a little one-dimensional if you can't get that running game going. And and like you said, this is drinks. Like, if you were to give him, okay, what is he really good at? Putting running backs mm-hmm. in the league. I think he's done, since we've been following him, three running backs into the NFL. So, there's no right. reason that they can't find some more talent there in Mizzou. So, yeah, I've got them a little bit lower myself. But, I, I again, the track record shows to me that he'll find something to work. And then, so last, Shane, we got tight ends. Again, when, when we got a true freshman saying he may start, Brett Norfleet, I think that gives you an indication of, uh, of what we're dealing with here. We also got Ryan Horst, Camp, Tyler Stevens. So we got bodies at the tight end yeah. position. But, uh, again, it's interesting. Two teams we've done, tight end to last. Maybe tight end, we're just phasing those out yeah. of college football. I don't know. Well, they sure as hell aren't in Georgia. Maybe that's why Georgia's <laughs> winning. They got all the tight ends. That's it. That's the game plan. Kirby's game plan was just to recruit all the best tight ends and so no one else can have them. So I think tight ends are very crucial. And, and, and I think you need to have them not just good. I, I mean, I go back to the Saints days, you know, when uh, What's-His-Name came out and, and just – Jimmy Graham just changed the the landscape, I thought, for tight ends. And then all of a sudden, they're popping up everywhere. You got your Kittles. Right. You got your Ertz. We talked about him the other day. You know, mm-hmm. these these guys are not only blockers, but they're a hell of pass catchers. And I think it's a crucial part. And I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't trickled down a little bit more into the SEC. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just freshman that's coming on board. Maybe he's the next dude. So, uh, right. But I'd like to see some more tight ends in the SEC for sure. All right, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Shane. This one I thought was kind of easy. I'm yeah. going defensive backs, leading the charge. We're bringing everybody back on the defensive secondary. Again, 96% of the passes defended back for the Missouri Tigers. Chris Abrams, Drain, Enos Rakestraw, the best 
duo of corners in the SEC, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carlisle, Joseph Charleston, standout safeties. Behind them, we got Drayden Norwood, Marcus Clark, Dalen Carnell, Tyler Hibbler, and then the transfers, again, Trevez Johnson and Sidney Williams. This is a deep, deep, talented group, and the group that is going to lead the way for what could be, you know, a top two or three defense in the SEC. Yeah, I've been actually uh, doing a little DMing with some of these guys' dads, you know. And I'm like, take it easy on the balls. Come on now. <laughs> no, this is this is a, an absolute unit, man. You, I think of them old steel curtain days, you know. That's, that's kind of what I want to see here, just a blanket defense, and they got the dudes to do it. Yeah. So next I got defensive line, Shane, bringing back some talent up front, Darius Robinson, there was some thought he would go to the NFL. He's back. Christian mm-hmm. Williams, Jaden Jernigan, Johnny Walker behind him, Kai Montgomery, Josh Landry, and again, transfers, Joe Moore from Arizona State, Austin yeah. Firestone from Northwestern, and Niles Gaddy, who played for Dion at Jackson State. He was a former walk-on at Tennessee. So we got us some bodies here on the defensive line, too, that uh, this is the biggest potential question mark for the defense. Not that they don't have good players, but, uh, you know, our guy Isaiah McGuire off to the NFL. Uh, He was one of the most underrated players in the SEC last year. Just just a game record. They need to find their next uh, McGuire. Yeah, that's it. They got to find a guy. They got to find at least one to just create havoc up front because sometimes that helps your DBs. And sometimes, like I said yesterday, that helps those linebackers out. So, yeah, we're going to have to have some sort of push up front. Mm-hmm. Now, the linebackers, they're not a weakness by any means, Shane. Tyron Hopper, Chad Bailey. I think Hopper's the best player on the team. And yeah. Chad Bailey's senior who's played a ton of football. So, as a duo, I mean, that that's a great, great duo. Behind them were a little bit inexperienced. Damon Wilson, Tristan Newson, Will Norris, DJ Wesselak, who was one of the highest-rated recruits last year. And then I, I threw this guy in just for you, Shane. I think you'll love his name here. Brayshawn Little John. I mean, I knew Little John's right up your alley. You know what? Oh, I always think of that old, uh, what was it, when he was trying to cross the creek, you know, the Robin Hood. And Little John, he's like, he's drowning in three feet of water. And he's like, just stand up, man. <laughs> All right. So, kicker, again, Harrison Mevis is back for another year, Shane. 22 of 28, missed a couple short ones. I don't know. I mean, the guy can nail a 55-yarder. He struggled last year with 25-yarders. We get that correct. He did nail all 33 PATs. Yeah. He was 23 of 25 two years ago. We need to get back to that accuracy, consistency, and he may be the best kicker in the entire country. And then punter, we mentioned the Aussie Riley Williams. So our special team should be pretty solid here for Missouri Tigers. Yeah, I gave him a hard time last year, clearly. I mean, hell, he, he missed some easy ones, some game winners, man. There's there's right. There's that that was uncharacteristic. And I and I hope he corrects that. That's that's just one of those things. Maybe there's less pressure because you're not touted as the best in the SEC and and then mm-hmm. he goes off. So that's that's what I'm expecting is a bounce back from that side. So biggest camp questions I've got, Shane, for the Tigers this fall, of course. I mean, it all hinges, I think, on who wins that starting quarterback job. Yeah. That's number one. This offensive line coming together, ton of experience, but a new position coach, new transfers, fitting all these pieces together. That'll be paramount. How do they replace Dominic? Love it. I mean, we anticipate it'll be Luther Burton just taking his game to yeah. another level. And, and, hell, he may smash what – Lovett did last year. I think he's got that capability. But then if that happens, then who's the next Luther Burden? So, you know, it sets a a chain reaction. That's something that's got to be figured out this fall. And then uh, the last one, I kind of already referenced it, but who steps up on the defensive line to help some of our returning stars on the defensive line there? Anything else that's lingering in your mind on for the Missouri Tigers questions that they got to get answered this fall camp? Uh, Well, New coordinator. I want to see how that looks. I want to see just how how much freedom they have back there, um, mm-hmm. and, and and it kind of ties into Luther. 
Luther is a special individual that I don't feel like got enough attention. I know, again, he he's out there most of the games, and and you know he was doing a lot of special teams. But you know, I think of games like um, I keep referencing NFL, and I probably shouldn't reference this team, but Debo Samuel. You know, here's a guy that's designated as a receiver, but goes in the backfield sometimes. Does just they find fancy cool ways to get him the ball. That's that's what we want to see with Luther because he is an X factor and, and mm-hmm. just somebody you really can't game plan for uh, during practice. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So here are my top 10 Tigers, Shay. We did this. We're doing this for the first time this year during our, our fall camp preview series. <laughs> Giving out grades, kind of like the NCAA video game will, for the top 10 players on the team, Shane. I already referenced, I think linebacker Tyron Hopper, I think he's the best player on the team. Give him a 92 overall. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm kind of cheating, Shane, because <laughs> I gave 92 to Luther Burden, too. So we're kind of tied here for our top two Tigers, in my opinion. Enos Rakestraw, the corner, I'm going to give him a 92 as well. So, I mean, I'm splitting hairs here. Chris Abrams drained the other corner. I'm giving him a 90. Defensive lineman Darius Robinson, giving him an 89. Mm -hmm. Javon Foster, the left tackle, giving him an 88. Uh, Carlisle, the safety, giving him an 87. Joseph Charleston, the other safety, an 86. Look at that, four four DBs back here, top, uh, you know, eight players. That gives you an indication how good this this unit is. Linebacker Chad Bailey, 85. And a little bit of a projection here, Shane, but I'm giving Brady Cook in 84 as a number 10 overall player. We don't, we're not even convinced that he'll be the starting quarterback, but based on everything Drink says, I mean, he, it's his job to lose – and kind of my opinion sort of changed on him a little bit. He he struggled, obviously, throwing the ball last year. But then we come to find out he had suffered a serious injury and was playing through injury all last right. year. So yeah. how does he look when he's 100%? That's, that's another big question I have for fall camp. Only other one I'd, I'd probably throw up there just because this is a podcast for forgiveness and second chances, Mike. I'd put I'd put Mevis up there. I, I yeah. again I, I think he is I, I love the I mean us big guys gotta stick together, brother. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes <laughs> we fall off the wagon, we eat some Doritos, we're not supposed to, you know. We don't practice before we go out there. I, I think I think I think he comes back down to earth, but the dude's I mean, he's got a thunder leg, you know. I think that's what yeah. his name what's his nickname? I don't know something like that, but the thicker I, I'm sure he, kicker. Thicker kicker, yeah. yeah he, he's got all kinds of nicknames, I'm sure, that we can't probably say on air. But the man could kick through the, you know, through the wall, and, and he just got to get that accuracy back. And I think that's what happened. So this is a guy that easily could be drafted in NFL if he plays his cards right. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's break down, Shane, your favorite part of this, the schedule. <laughs> and before we go through game by game here, same way we always do it. I've broken this down into the games 
that I think Missouri should win, mm-hmm. the games they're unlikely to win. Doesn't mean they won't, but I just think they're unlikely. And then the toss-up games. How's that sound? Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great, Mike. And that's just I, I finally understand the the format. You know, I'm sorry I had to learn on Arkansas, but but I, I, I'm starting to come around and I'm seeing what you're doing here, Mike. <laughs> yeah. All right, games that should be wins right out the gate. The three of the four non-conference: uh, yeah. South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, and then Memphis in St. Louis. Those should all be wins. You. Yep. You would agree with that, right? Absolutely. Vanderbilt, even though it is on the road, that should be a win. Yes, I agree. South Carolina at home, and I think a lot of people would say, what? Get the hell out of here. What? That should be a win? Well, yeah. we've never lost to Shane Beamer. <laughs> a drink has never lost to South Carolina. Now, maybe that doesn't mean a ton for this season, but it is at home. You beat them last year on the road. They were ranked. I don't know. I think Mizzou fans, they expect this to be a win. What Do you agree with that? No, I, I think so, Mike. Uh, again, South Carolina fans don't want to hear it, but you're 3-0. and and, and what's right. South Carolina's, I guess, if you were to give them a strongest you know, part of their offense, is what Missouri's good at defending. So, I, I, I think, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I, I think this is a, a win. Um, now, you get your Homer glasses on as a Gamecock fan. We may try something a little bit different here, but if right. I'm a Homer for Mizzou, I'm definitely saying this is a laydown here. Right now, the only one I've got is a should be a win. Shane, again, it's on the road. It's going to be difficult, but you have absolutely owned the Arkansas Razorback. So I'm giving mm-hmm. that as a should win, even though it is on the road. Uh, again, it won't be easy to go in there and win, but you've kind of own that thing since uh, joining the SEC. Do you have any problem with me listing at Arkansas as a game that Missouri should win? Should win. Nope. I have no problem here. Okay. So, two games that I think are unlikely to be won. And, of course, it <laughs> it's going to be for every team. If they got Georgia on the schedule, it's even worse that it's in Athens. Now, you could swing that and say, well, hell, Missouri played Georgia as well as anybody last year, and that is absolutely true. Probably mm-hmm. should have beat them. Now, I think we're living in a world chain where if you almost catch Kirby Smart in Georgia, by God, they're probably going to take it out on you the next decade. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I could be absolutely That's right. wrong, but I feel like Georgia's going to be up for this one uh, this season. Yeah, that locker room will be painted in Mizzou <laughs> colors to remind them all week. <laughs> With the score just pasted all over the place, they were. I mean, that's that was a they were a joke that week. That's Georgia didn't lose that game, but they were referenced on every social media outlet out there. Right, right. Now the only other one on the road. No, excuse me, at home, Tennessee. But mm-hmm. um, man, Heupel has, I believe, both years. Shane, he's given drink his worst loss in SEC play both times they face so again can you beat Tennessee sure just like you know I think I would that would be on the level of South Carolina beating Tennessee yeah. late last year. so I mean similar thing can happen uh but right now that's a game I think even big Missouri fans are going to chalk that up as as likely a loss until further notice do you have any uh disagreement with that well, again, as a Mizzou homer today, Mike, you know, I'm looking at Georgia and LSU as my possible losses here, mm-hmm. and I'm penciling Tennessee as a toss. And the reason I'm doing that, Mike, is if you look at Tennessee, they've got Georgia the following week. It's a classic mm-hmm. trap game here. You know, yep. you got them at home. So I, I would think that this one would be the, the toss-up for me and – maybe move LSU to a loss or even, you know, because I told you, man, on my bold statement here, I I told you Georgia was the only one I saw losing to LSU, Mm -hmm. Tennessee. I felt like they could beat or steal one of those wins. Um, So I I don't know how we can word it that way, but that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. No, no, that makes perfect sense. And who knows? I mean, again, we'll get to Tennessee later, but, Maybe they were that was a one-off. Maybe they yeah. don't live up to the hype. Maybe they lose to on the road at Florida, on mm-hmm. the road at Kentucky, to Georgia. All of a sudden, these losses are mounting, 
Uh, so it wouldn't be that unrealistic. But So let's get to the games that I have listed as toss-ups, Shane, starting with Kansas State at home, week three of the season. They smoked you last year. Let's call it what it was. Now that's the game Brady Cook got hurt, was yeah. on the road, got down early, and it snowballed on you. I think this is uh, – we'll get to this in just a second. Most important to win, but I could make the case I think Kansas State – the most critical game for Missouri to win to kind of get that momentum going. And because if we yeah. win that one, we're probably going to be five and zero. Oh. So yeah. the importance placed on this game, I think cannot be overstated. No, I, I again, momentum. This, this is a team that has a great opportunity brother to hit five out of the park, right out of the gate. Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about Mizzou now. They will be in a month. You know, that right. you go five wins, people are talking about you. You're a top 25 program. They're looking at what you're really good at and what you've been really uh, uh, improved on. So mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a team that I don't think is going to be as good as they were last year um, as, as Kansas State is concerned, but – it doesn't matter. It, it it doesn't matter, honestly, if they played again. If they took the team from last year and played Mizzou, there's no reason Missouri should lose this game. Hmm. Now, the second game I've got listed as a toss-up, Shane, and you're probably already mad because on the last one I was chalking up LSU as a, the team uh-huh. to beat and national champion uh-huh. and everything, but I still have LSU as a toss-up for Mizzou because I'm just sitting here thinking, Shane, if – they can beat Kansas State if they can be 5-0. and College football is a game of momentum. It's a game of belief. Once you start believing in, you know, we're the team of destiny, if Mizzou's sitting here at 5-0 and and they yeah. got LSU coming to town and it's a top-10 showdown, and remember, LSU will, will have faced Florida State, on the road Mississippi State, Arkansas, Leading up, I mean, they may have two losses, but I don't think they will. But they may. I mean, they they yeah. could be battered and bruised. And here we got Mizzou could be the team with the better record. And I just think this is would be an opportunity for Missouri to shock the world and announce that they are on the rise in the SEC by knocking off LSU. So do you kind of see my logic there? Why I've listed this as a toss up. Absolutely, Mike, and I think it makes perfect sense. And what I love about it, again, we're talking home games, baby. We're talking yeah. a lot of them. The only uh, first away game you have is in Vanderbilt. You knock them out, you come right back home to celebrate, possibly mm-hmm. playing a night game, ESPN. It's going to be similar to that Georgia matchup. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy there in Columbia. So, Mike, I've got this as a win for Missouri with my Homer glasses on now. Come on. Now I'm just saying, I just think you're going to catch them just right. And and I think we're going to well, ride that moment. We're not going moment. down the schedule week by week just yet here. I'm already ready. You can tell I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to toss it. Okay. Let's, let's. I'm ready, man. All right. The next toss-up I got, Shane, on the road at Kentucky the following week. Mm-hmm. These Kentucky-Missouri games, they're always a battle. This was the one with the uh, stupid – you know, punter, roughing the punter 80 yards down the field. I yes. mean, I've, I've never in my life have I seen such a thing. So, I mean, I, I think Kentucky will be much improved, but I still think this is a toss-up game because, uh, you know, strength on strength in this matchup, uh, Kentucky's offense, Missouri's defense. I mean, I can't wait to watch that game, but I, I truly think it's a toss-up. Yeah. No, these games are always fun, and it seems like something always screws up in them. You know, it's like – you know, there's just something that goes wrong, and, and you're just like, okay, you made the mistake, so now you pay for it. So <laughs> that, I, I don't expect anything different here. Yeah. So the last toss-up on my list, Shane, Florida, second to last week of the season at home. Hope and pray if you're a Mizzou fan, nasty weather, cold, snow, <laughs> them Gators, man. I, and you can't blame them. I mean, they're from uh, Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not used to this weather. And I don't know what it is, but this Florida-Missouri is annually a, a, a very, very tight affair. I mean, we've seen brawls. We've seen yeah. we've seen Missouri win in, in Gainesville. We've seen Florida win in Columbia and, and vice versa. Uh, this is a really underrated series. 
And I think where it's located, Florida likely will have several losses by this time. It's right before the rivalry game against Florida Mm -hmm. State. Perfect trap type game here for the Missouri Tigers. That Florida's a toss up for me. Yeah. I got you, man. And I think it's it's more about schedule placement for me here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just I'm, it blows my mind. We got eight we got eight home games. I mean, St. Louis, I mean, technically that's not home, but it is. So right. you I mean, this is a hell of a year to have season tickets, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go down it. Game by game, Shane. Let's not even yeah. waste a ton of time on South Dakota. That's a win, no. right? That's right. They ain't got nothing up there but motorcycles and dead presidents, <laughs> right? <laughs> Middle Tennessee at home. Yeah, Nicest thing I can say about them. I, I think Murfreesboro is a very underrated city, but that's going to be a win for them Tigers. Yeah, easy win here, Mike. Easy win. <laughs> Now, how about Kansas State, Shane? They won the Big 12 last year. That came out of nowhere. Chris Kleiman has got that thing rolling. Man, I, again, I think this is the most important game to win for the Missouri Tigers. You you got the Tigers winning or losing against Kansas State. Mike. I got them winning, and I got them winning big because here's what I think happens. We go the first two weeks not really showing a lot. Week three mm-hmm. is when you kind of get to open that playbook up a little bit. And, and, and I'm telling you, bring that defense. Tons of pressure because that secondary can handle it. So, uh, yeah, this is a big win for Mizzou here, and this is the momentum that's starting to pick up. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think all the importance with this game, I think it's going to mean a hell of a lot more to Missouri than it will yeah. Kansas State. So I, I'm right there with you. I'll give them the win up to 3-0. and The Memphis in St. Louis, they were actually a quality team last year, Shane, but not an SEC team. So give me <laughs> Mizzou 4-0, right? Absolutely, Mike. This is a this is a bigger game than I, than I think people are going to give it. Uh, because if you think about last year, we, we, again, we had that roller coaster. We had those highs were real high and then the lows were real low. Losing to Memphis is a real low. And, mm-hmm. and I think this is one that you got to stay dialed in. You can't overlook. You are traveling a little bit here. You're picking mm-hmm. up some of them St. Louis viewers. I think this is, this is a, a, a well-planned, uh, ball game, but yeah, after when the day's done, I, I think we've got us another victory here. Now, at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt gave you one hell of a game last year. Mm-hmm. It was the second half of the season. They were sparking. They were starting to get there. I, I believe this was the game before they went on that run to beat Kentucky and Florida. So they nearly had three in a row, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. But, again, the expectation has got to be for Drink in year four to go on the road and beat the Vanderbilt Commodores. Give me – Five and zero. Oh, do you agree? Five and zero oh here too, Mike. I'm telling you, we are picking up steam. We've all the fans have bought back in. You know they're ready. <laughs> Shane ain't as crazy as he looks. You know, <laughs> and we're facing the LSU Tigers. Well, all right. So let's jump to that one, Shane. I mean, and this is not crazy to say, but if we're sitting here in five and zero, oh, if we're five and zero oh LSU, I think we're talking college game day coming to yeah. town i mean just imagine the scene on that campus october 7th if we've got two undefeated sec teams matching up yeah y'all better be painting them rocks because everybody's gonna be looking <laughs> you know what i'm saying everybody's gonna see what's going on up there in columbia so uh this is gonna be a giant game and and who knows brother LSU may have had a couple bumps. Here's the thing. I truly believe LSU's a great team, and I think they can honestly make a run for an SEC championship. But I do not think they do it on a perfect schedule. They're going to mm. have a loss, maybe two losses, and this could be one of them, brother. So as a toss-up game, as an LSU, as as a as a Mizzou homer here, I'm I'm at this moment predicting that either Cook has got it 
or Garcia or whoever you got back there at quarterback. We figured it out. This defense mm-hmm. is legit. We found some playmakers up front. We're completely healthy. I think that's the biggest one. You know, sometimes when you look at Mizzou's schedule, you forget a little banged up toward the tail end of the season. Didn't have that depth. Ran out of gas when they are playing teams like Tennessee. So, yeah. in this perfect scenario, we're all healthy. So, with a healthy Mizzou – and and a struggling LSU potentially, yeah. Give me the give me the biggest upset in drinks. <laughs> I tell you, this is it right here. This is the one I've got, Mike. I I, I kind of went on it. This is on my bold take. This is my bold take. Just extended here, brother. I yeah. think Eli gets a big victory here. Mm. Well, last time they faced here, Shane Mizzou came away with that W. That's right. Can they do it again? No, I mean, this is my first <laughs> loss. Of the, I mean, I just yeah. You you want to talk bold? I already I'm well documented. LSU winning it all. Yeah. That's my pick. So I certainly can't have them losing to Missouri. Of course, you could lose a game like this and still win the national championship. But I think even a Mizzou homer, I think they would understand. You know, a top three team coming in there and knocking them off. Tight yeah. ball game. But give me the win for LSU. How about at Kentucky, Shane, uh, thoughts on that matchup? Can Mizzou go on the road and get some revenge for last season? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got an Aussie punter now. I don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah. This that was a touchy subject last year, Mike. The punting situation. So this is a yeah, game that yeah, that yeah. that keeps slipping through Eli's fingers. And and again, we're talking about a game that typically comes down to one or two stupid mistakes from either team. It could be from Kentucky, mm-hmm. it could be from Mizzou, but with them, with them, you know, with them Mizzou glasses on, Mike, there's no such thing as mistakes. So we're still undefeated, baby. Keep going, right. Miz. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to matter, Shane, how good Kentucky is. This is still annually a very, very tight, contested ball game. So. Yeah. I'm going to go with you here. I mean, I again, this is a toss-up in my mind, but there's no reason. Missouri defense travels. That's what they say, Shane. Give me Mizzou to beat Kentucky with my homer glasses on here. So I, I'm right there with you. Six and one start. Uh, that's a hell of a start right there. He's seven and zero oh over here because of Shane <laughs> residence. I'm How about believer. next? South Carolina at home knocked them off. Once again, last season, do they do it again this upcoming season? Yeah, again, a similar game because if they beat Kentucky, if they if it's going to be a tough game, brother. It's going to come down to the wire. I think it's a good uh, you put toss by it. I think that's what it's going to. It's not going to be a blowout, is what yeah. I'm saying. And sometimes you you do that and you you face a team that you're expecting to win because you've done it three times in a row. You can't overlook. Beamer and company here, man. So I, I think this is yet another close game. Um, I think it comes down to the wire, but I just think that that in the end, Mizzou's going to have too much talent for him. So give me another win here, baby. I think the thing you got to be careful about, though, Shane, is uh, Shane Beamer and company, what they have mastered is snapping these streaks. Yeah. And this is kind of the biggest one left on their their bucket list to snap. But yeah, going on the road to the Mizzou Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I, with my Homer glasses on, we beat them every year. Why not do it again? Let's have this dream season continue yeah. at least for another week. I'll, I'll give them a win there against. South Carolina. Now they're tricky. Eli better part. get his extension right now. <laughs> <laughs> Before you drive down to Athens, buddy, go ahead yeah. and put it on the line. <laughs> That's where they're going next at Georgia. Thoughts on that one, Mike? This is a tough one, man. I, I even even trying to be a homer here. This is a team that is going to be looking for you. This is mm-hmm. a team that you embarrassed last year, and Kirby's going to remind them daily. You think you you know how these clips are coming out, and he's yelling at these boys. I can only imagine the shit he's going to be saying in the locker room before kickoff here, Mike. This will be their first loss, uh, so uh, and and it's not going to be close. Right? Yeah, I think this is clearly a loss as well. But for me, it's their second one. Now again, they played them tougher than anybody last year, so you can have that confidence going on the road saying we can play with these guys. Maybe it is 
a little bit more competitive than p- people anticipate. But I cannot, in good conscience, pick them to win over the dogs in Athens. Following week, you host Tennessee. Mm, Tennessee Homer, where are you going on this one? Well, Mike, we got a mower here. I don't know if you heard that. Can you hear that? You picking that up? No. All right, let me. He's getting ready. He's pumped up. All right. Mike, here's here's the problem. I think if you got Tennessee earlier in the season, you got to mm-hmm. win. You know, this is a this is why I switched it to a toss game because I think if the stars are aligned, you catch Tennessee early while they're still trying to figure out Milton's the guy, how's the defense going to look, who's the next receivers to emerge. There's still some question marks there. But at this point in the season, they figured that out. And, mm-hmm. and at this point of the season, you're coming off a very emotional loss to the Georgia Bulldogs, in my opinion. That's why I've got them going two losses in a row here, Mike. So, unfortunately, they weren't able to get back on track. They're the, but the, I think it's closer than, than what experts are going to think coming into this game. But uh, Mizzou with their second loss here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, and, you know, I kind of referenced it already. I mean, they have not solved this Josh Heupel offense. Now, they're not alone, certainly. I mean, it takes elite players. Now, Mizzou's got some elite defenders, so maybe they yeah. have can scheme us up. I think this has got real upset potential, but uh, I'm still leaning. There's a reason I put this as a likely loss. I think Tennessee, they take care of business. They play their yeah. game. They don't self-destruct. I think they beat Missouri. So give me their third loss of the season. How about Florida? I'll say this too, though, Mike. Uh-huh. Last year even, watching that Tennessee-Mizzou game, there's a handful of teams that can actually go man-on-man with with players like Tillman and, and Hyatt. And, you know, Mizzou mm-hmm. was able to do that. And Georgia yep. kind of exposed Tennessee. It, it felt like last year, like this is the recipe to beat them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's had a whole offseason to – figure out ways to get around that so you know Heupel's a, a hell of an offensive mind and, and I hope he, he bounces back I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> wrong homer <laughs> there'll be plenty of time for Tennessee but what I'm saying Mike is I think this is a is an opportunity for Mizzou to kind of I don't know I think they'll be closer just because they got a defense that can go man on man with these guys right and it, one thing uh, I forgot Shane maybe Curious to get your thoughts, but remember Tennessee ran up the score. Yeah. Now a- after they said, you know, we got to impress the committee and all that garbage, but a lot of times that karma comes back to you, and they certainly yeah. are not going to forget that up in Columbia. So they may be even more fired up than usual to face yeah. the balls this season. How about Florida at home? I've listed it as a toss-up game. Do you think Missouri takes care of Florida? Uh, Minus a pick six last year. They may have won last season in Gainesville. Mike, this may be the biggest game on the schedule, in my opinion, just because you may be looking at a two two game slide here. And if you're not if you don't bounce back, you you know, you could you it could be a four loss end of the season, you know. So right. but I I think with my Homer glasses on, I think they bounce back. Um, this defense a little too much for for the Florida Gators. They're going to be locked down on them. You're just going to have to try to smother that rushing attack. And and if you do that and get some points on the board, there's no reason that Mizzou can't win this game. Hmm. Yeah, and again, I'm, with my Mizzou glasses on, I'm going to give them this one too, Shane. I think Florida is certainly capable of winning this game. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, I'm going to say Florida underwhelms, like certainly is could happen. Mizzou, near the end of the season, got some momentum, want to get on that winning streak. So give me the win here, and we're capping it at Arkansas. Does Mizzou beat them Razorbacks one more time? Biggest rivalry that side of the Mississippi, Mike. (laughs) I'm going to – I finally figured out where that river's at. Mike, I'm going to say – this is yet another win for MIZ. Uh, brother, I, this is a rivalry that, that Arkansas will not accept, but it's one that Mizzou keeps winning. So uh, mm-hmm. I think they close out the season strong. I got them at 10-2. I'll tell you what, man. If, if Arkansas drops this one, they may have to finally admit this <laughs> is a rivalry because one of the teams is playing – like it. You know, like this game yeah. means something while the other isn't. Uh, but 
that or Maybe Sam's just... fired. <laughs> and they're bringing somebody in saying, first job you got to do is start beating that damn team over there. Well, I mean, it ain't just him. It's, it's all of them. They've all lost yeah. to, to Missouri. Yeah. So maybe I just got too much Razorback in me, Shane, but KJ mm-hmm. Rocket and company at home, I'm giving this one to the Razorback. So I think still giving them an eight and four record. I think most Missouri fans, not that you're a, you know, doing cartwheels for eight and four, but I think that is a giant leap in the right direction. Yeah. And, uh, in something that I think most Mizzou fans will be proud of, uh, of a team absolutely. taking that big step forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. But not to the level of cousin Shane's 10 That's and right. two. I'll tell you that. I'm going to fight it all the way to the end. But if they lose to like Kansas State or some shit, like I, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just kidding. I didn't think that. <laughs> no, I think this is going to be a, a pretty special season if they if they do it right, man. There's again, this is perfect season. Everything's going just as planned. You know, yep. you a little bit. I, I know we've used it a million times, but we all do this, Mike. I do this every single year with my Tennessee balls. It's like, oh, Joe Milton, man. Did you see how he did with Clemson? He's gonna keep doing that. You know, it's like you you, yeah. you just kind of spiral into a best case scenario, and that's my best case scenario for Mizzou is ten and two. And by God, if that happens, brother. <laughs> They better name something over at that state for me because I'm calling it first. (laughs) Is that the show me state? (laughs) Yes, sir. All right, brother. Well, hey, another fall camp preview in the books. We've got 12 more to go. Tune in tomorrow to see who we've got. We've already got it lined up, but a little teaser for you. It's going to be a fun one. Could go many different directions. But uh, you got anything before we hop off the line, brother? No, man. Kid's in here twice. I guess I got to go to a softball game, so I better get out of here. (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate you. As always, appreciate each and every one of you. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. M-I-Z. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.